podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all that thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. Hello, 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 hello. Bare energy this week. Hello, welcome back to episode 81 of the Dishonomics Podcast. As is the tradition, shout out to those who listened to the previous week's episode. Episode 80 on fiscal policy. Quick 20-minute ex- explanation on fiscal policy, which fits in very well to this week's episode, actually. So make sure you check that out if you haven't already. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, my live show would have come and gone. So, in advance, thank you for those who attended. Thank you for those who came on the day. Thank you to my guests, RC, The Curve Podcast, host Lola Michelle, DJ Levels, and all my friends that helped me out on the day. I hope you guys enjoyed yourself, because I'm saying this in advance, isn't it? So, only God knows what happened, but inshallah, everything's all good. So, thank you for all those who, who will come and enjoy themselves. And I hope it went, goes pretty well. I'm saying it like I ain't got control of that. But anyway episode 81 the budget the budget so on monday the chancellor of exchequer philip hammond announced the budget in the house of commons for those who have listened to me from the jump my fourth episode was in fact on the autumn budget last year was it last year no, that's a lie. The year before that, 2016, I believe. 2016? Yeah, it should have been, should have been 20, yeah, 2016. Starts with four episodes, so I explain the budget. So for those who might know the gist about what the budget is and who delivers it, well, this is a quick recap for you. And for those who don't know, well, here you go. What is a budget? The gov- It's essentially the government announcement of how they're going to spend the P, how they're going to spend the money that they have... Um, accumulated from tax revenues and all sorts. This is done by the Chancellor of the Exchequer, which is currently Philip Hammond of the Conservative Party. They are the money men of the government. And you see them hold up that red briefcase. That's the tradition. And they deliver this in the House of Commons. So I was watching this. um, Well, I was kind of skiving at work, but (laughs) I was watching this at work and I was tweeting through it. So those who follow me on my Twitter account can actually keep up with the budget. So I've been bored by the um, House of Commons. And I also screenshot that slapped on my Instagram story. Oh, excuse me, my throat. So I'm going to firstly like run through what happened in chronological order during the budget. Then I'm going to pick out some things that I believe are more relevant to us. And then we're going to discuss them in a bit more detail. So the funny, the first thing I gathered was these politicians behave like naughty school children. Bad noise, bad jokes, bad, just bad behaviour. The speaker had to kind of seckle people quite a few times. So, the first thing was for Philip Hammond said of his chest, austerity is over! Everybody's making hella noise, all that type of stuff, which we will discuss later. So, is austerity really over? In fact, what is austerity? So, if we look at the Investopedia definition... Austerity is defined as a set of economic policies a government implements to control public sector debt. Austerity measures are the response of a government whose public debt is so large that the risk of defaults or inability to service the required payments on its debt obligation becomes a real possibility. 
So this is when they're like, rah, we're spending way beyond our means. We're going to need to balance the books. We're going to need to be more prudent and we're going to squeeze on spending. That's austerity. Cool. So yeah, the Chancellor was like, yeah, austerity ending. And then obviously Conservative Party cheers. Labour Party were like, yeah, yeah, you man are gassing. So here's some of the points after that. So Phil Hamill is, of course, pretending, let me put my phone aside, sorry, that the recession was Labour's fault for spending loads of money on public services. Yeah, because spending money on welfare and schools and all that type of stuff is is the reason why the financial crisis occurred. Because, yeah, money in schools is what helped uh, bankers go crazy with credit default swaps and the market's going kaput, but whatever. Um, he said the Brexit pot is doubled up to $2 billion. The OBR, which is the UK fiscal watchdog, the Office of Budget Responsibility, they were their man was saying growth is expected to be up in 2019, slightly higher from their previous estimations in spring in the springtime. So they're expecting the growth in the UK economy to be of 1.9%, which is good news allegedly. Uh, the Chancellor was throwing shade at Labour all throughout this. He was like, Yeah, Labour said that this that can happen to jobs. Well, they were so wrong by the jobs that they... Well, obviously, Labour said that um, the Conservatives want to cause a fall in jobs. In fact, the Conservatives have actually created a surplus in jobs. Well, an increase in jobs. And Labour were wrong by 5.4 million. So that's a nice quick pam from Philip Hammond. The OBR forecasting wage growth in the next two years. He didn't really say how much of how much these growths were, but I'm going to check the documents. Um, he said deficit was down... From 10% to 1%. So when he said down from 10%, the deficit in terms of how much the UK economy owed on the Labour Party has gone down from 10% to 1% since they picked up from the Labour Party, shall I say. Fiscal Phil says fiscal rules okay, which was like a funny moment in the in the budget. I found it funny. You're probably thinking, yeah, you're unique. But remember my podcast, Fiscal Policy, the time before. He said that um, if we if we if we if it was up to the Labour government, their man will take our debt to GDP ratio over hundred percent. So that means you owe more than you're making, and currently it's at its lowest rates for a long time. If you look at debt, if you look at debt to GDP levels since the Conservative Party took over, to be fair to them, it's gone down dramatically. Then of course it's going to be high, really high in, the, in that time period. He was um, also um, highlighting that there's going to be a £25 billion increase in, NH- in NHS funds over the next four years. But remember, I've had a couple podcasts with my boy, no, three with my boy, Dr. Lee, but two with regards to NHS. They will put money in, but they'll be taking stuff out of the back end. I'm going to give you an example of that later on the podcast, so bear that in mind. He also said the NHS will publish 10-year plan on how they want to use the money and reduce wastage, which is a good idea. New mental health crisis support, more mental health ambulances and a 24-hour mental health crisis hotline, which is very, very important. Um, There's been a rise in mental health awareness, which is good. It was quite interesting watching the Conservatives pretend to care about NHS, that they ain't trying to destroy it on the low, but we leave that for another day. Now to the stick talk. Um, If you look at NATO countries, only the the USA spend more on defence in the United Kingdom. Well, Philip Hammond says, listen, Corbyn and them don't want us to be safe. They ain't trying to spend money on defence, but we value our safety. 
So we're going to slap an extra £1 billion to the Ministry of Defence to boost cyber capabilities and anti-submarine stuff and all the other bits. So a lot of the war now is probably going on in the cyber age where a lot of hacks and fake news and that type of stuff is going on. So Philip Hammond wants to shore up um, our capabilities to fend against that. He also announced £160 million for counter-terrorist funding in 2019-2020, which should be um, a relief to some of the UK people we've seen unfortunate terrorist attacks in London and Manchester within the last year or two. Public borrowing is forecasted to be below this year. In fact, um, I think £12 billion was the figure. He also announced a £10 million donation to veterans with mental health needs, so that's kind of following on from the mental health theme. He also boasts about how 86% of schools now have good to outstanding rating compared to 60-something percent under Labour. So another shade. But again, I don't, me personally, I don't know how, if, for context, I'm not sure if they've changed how they assess schools. So if it's the same assessment levels, then that could be a young boast. But if it's not, they've altered it, then they could be fudging the numbers on the, on the low. This is quite interesting. He found £420 million to made available immediately to, for local highway authorities to tackle potholes and other higgy stuff on the roads. Ford, <laughs> that's mad. I hope they get rid of foxes as well. Um, Peta, leave me alone. Um, he's also talking about the productivity challenge, like how they want to boost productivity, all that type of stuff. A £1.6 billion um, investment into stuff like quantum computing to try to get UK all tech savvy. And also, for those who uh, know about NHS, there's a thing called public finance initiatives where essentially, let's say it's me and you, the listener. So we've got listener company and dysonomics company. There's a service in the NHS, let's say it's IVF, in, in Hospital A. And Hospital A want to sell off their IVF wing to be more profitable and more efficient. So me and you, we both bid to provide these services because we have our own IVF providing companies. If I win the bid, yeah, I'm the sole provider for IVF in that hospital. So think about a marketplace. Knight can't do the matting because they've got this Adidas local and other brands. Apple, they're still dominant, but they still got to compete with um, other tech companies. If I'm the only company in the industry, I can reduce the quality of the good I'm serving um, providing you because you, you've got no other alternative you have to come to me imagine there's only one um, shopping centre and that's the only place that sells food nobody's growing their own food there's no all the farms are owned by them there's no um, off license nothing just one big Asda they can give you the most higgy haggah food and charge the most ludicrous prices but because of a lack of competition you have a lack of choice so you have to go there so we see a lot of that in the NHS where you're getting shoddy services and um, and you're getting the hospitals are charging or getting bumped for it, really. So Labour wanted to come in and end all of those, end all those contracts, which I understand because, of course, of course they're terrible contracts. The irony about that is that 90% of PFI um, contracts were signed by the Labour Party. And another mad thing about that, if you're going to end a contract early, those who have phone contracts, you know this, you have to pay a charge or end contract. So that would be a very, very inefficient way to do it. So what um, the Chancellor said is that he is going to um, abolish PFIs. No more PFIs, and they're going to wait for all these to run out, but there's no more. 
So he's talking that so the labor um, the labor government has left us with two hundred billion pounds worth of these these um contracts. Okay, cool. So there's a massive drive for government to support apprenticeships. They put in loads of money to the institute for apprenticeships. They're doing big things. There's going to be a UK digital services tax, which will be introduced to pan businesses that make P online. So those businesses that aren't they they say they're not based here but they're making mad money here because obviously people buying their stuff online, they want to implement a tax to kind of, you know, tackle some of that P. This is going to be for businesses earning £550 million upwards, and this is going to come into play in April 2020. He was talking mad smoke about Labour, of course, saying, Labour talk tough on tax avoidance and evasion, but we talk action. Which is easy to say, but how can Labour do anything if they're not in power? <laughs> so I mean, so Labour, all Labour can do is talk. I'm pretty sure if Corbyn was in charge, he'll try to do the mad thing. Anyway, so for the next two years, all retailers in England with business rates value of 50 racks and above, they will get a cut in their rates by a third, which is pretty good for businesses. Also, first-time buyers of shared ownerships can get a stamp duty relief, so you don't have to pay that stamp duty if your property's up to £500,000. And I'm going to talk about that more on a bit a bit later. There was some stuff about fishing and Scotland. I'm sorry, I'm not telling you about that. Um, he slapped a young 20, £10 million to deal with abandoned waste sites. Um, what else was there? New tax on manufacturing, importing, manufactured plastic that ain't environmental friendly. Fuel duties will be, fuel duties will be frozen for the ninth year in a row, which is saving um, drivers the cumulative £1,500. Um, beer side and spirits are frozen again. Duties are frozen. Online games are getting taxed hard. So that's all like um, poker and them things there. There'll be a 26 to 30 rail card. Universal credit is here to stay. Uh, he was citing that the poorest 20% have seen their incomes rise faster than the richest 20% since the Conservatives took power in 2010. And I'm going to talk about the other stuff in more detail so let's start the crux of the so that was a quick rundown of the pods um, of the pod sorry that was a quick rundown of what was discussed in the actual House of Commons um, talk so let's get into more details of some of the stuff and I left out some of the stuff deliberately so one of the things I left out was personal tax so as all of you know we if you're a member of a company on their PAYE you get charged income tax and national insurance there is a personal allowance so this, this you can earn up to this amount of money and you would not get you not pay a single penny of tax on it and until monday that was eleven thousand eight hundred fifty. as of april 2019 the personal allowance where you're exempt from taxation will go up to twelve thousand five hundred pounds an increase of 650 and there's also tax bans as you may or may not know and the second to largest tax ban is the High um higher rate um tax which is from like thirty four thousand up to it was up to forty six thousand three hundred fifty one pounds. Philip Hammond said as of April twenty nineteen they're going to raise that um that tax bracket up, so the threshold will go up from forty six thousand three hundred fifty one pounds to fifty thousand pounds. So to get that um level of taxation, which is forty percent, you will have to be earning over £50,000 to start to fill that tax rate instead of £46,000 which is um, no what am I talking you're going to 
get on this, you're looking at an extra 150, 155 if you are um, earning less than, well, earning in between 12,500 and 50,000 pounds. If you're earning in between 50,000 pounds and 100,000 pounds, it is 566 or 600-ish. Not like the 800 and something that uh, many the conservatives want you to believe. And the reason for that is due to the increase in national insurance taxes. And that's because that was kind of snuck in on the lowest of low keys. They slid that in. Obviously, that was in a document, so they didn't sneak it in. But it just wasn't announced in terms of the actual um, budget announcement. So... There's a threshold where national tax contributions drop from 12% to 2%. So, and that threshold has gone up. So that's where your national insurance contributions start to drop. They've increased that to £50,000. So it's further away for you to stop paying as much national insurance tax. So that effectively halves the money that you would have been gaining in these tax cuts. So it's a... Very, very like um, um, clever way of manipulating current tax rates. And what's um, important to know for those who earn this amount or are en route to earning this amount or have loved ones who earn this amount, the what's it called? The personal, the personal allowance doesn't really impact people in the higher in the six figure category because for every pound you earn above a hundred thousand pounds comes off your personal allowance so once you earn above 112,000 pounds you don't have a personal allowance anymore you get taxed and you get taxed on that so um they it slightly benefits those in that bracket but not as much so as i said you're seeing if you're earning between 12 no if you're earning between 50 and a hundred thousand pounds maybe I'll say approximately around £560 extra in your pocket a year. And a little tidbit is that um, this is a manifesto pledge that they've delivered a year early, so the Conservatives are happy about that ish. Stamp duty relief. So for those who want to buy houses, there wasn't much talk on the housing market and how they're going to, you know, address the issues with high rents and extremely high um, mortgage prices. I mean, house prices, they spoke about stamp duty relief. So stamp duty is a very, very annoying cost. A couple of my friends are about to get houses and stamp duty is a pain in the ass. Um, last year, the government announced that um, they're going to do a stamp duty relief up until like 300,000 and then a, re- and a reduction in rates from 300 to 500,000. Well, this year, this relief has been extended to those on shared ownership schemes. So shared ownership is where you buy a percentage of the house. So let's say a house costs 500 racks, is in Stratford. You might not be in a financial situation to be able to own that house, but you might be in a financial situation where you can own a portion of the house. You can own 25%, 15%, 35%, 50% of that house. So what you do is you get a mortgage as usual that will be aligned with the percentage of the house you own and the rest is owned by the government. So you pay rent as well as your mortgage. So so your monthly payments, some of it will be mortgage payments, some of it will actually be rent because you don't own the full property. That's what shared ownership is. So shared ownership houses tend to be new builds and they tend to be a lot more pricey. So 
the relief has been extended to shared ownership buyers on homes valued up to £500,000 and people who have, what's it called, um, pay stamp duty before this announcement can um, get um, their money back. It's a nice touch, but it ain't really, it ain't really feeding families. The housing, housing market is still higgy. Speaking of housing markets, the help to buy scheme was due for expiry in April 2021, but they've announced that it's going to be extended for an extra two years to March 2023. So for those who are looking to get involved with help to buy, you've got extra two years of that scheme to take the most take advantage of it. Also speaking of a new stamp duty charge for um, non-residents. Okay, freelancers. A wise man once said it's a bit of a sticky one still. So there's a thing called IR35. And essentially it's designed to PAM contractors. It was implemented um, two years ago, I think, or a year or two ago in the public sector. So as you may or may not know, there's some people that um, contract. So they offer their services to companies. So they're not a full-on employee. They're a contractor. And I'm doing the the hand gestures, like inverted commenting. Essentially, they are self-employed. So they're saving money on tax because they're not on the payrolls. They're not paying the income taxes that I was talking about. They're not paying national insurance tax. They're just paying corporation tax. And corporation tax is a lot lower than the money that they'll be paying as a, on payroll, on a PAYE, because you're paying corporation taxes, what, 19%? And how corporation taxes worked out is your revenue minus your profits. So you see contractors expense things that they'll buy with their salary anyway. So the average person who works in a PAYE job, a standard job, after you've been taxed, you get your money, right? So let's say you get £2,000 after you pay your income tax, national insurance, student loans, all that type of stuff. And then with that £2,000, you're spending money on food, your travel, your sky bill, your internet, your phone bill, all that type of, your suits, what type of stuff. Well, if you're a freelancer, you can expense your sky bill, you can probably, you can expense some food, you can expense travel, like in terms of petrol or travel card, you can expense internet, so many different things you can expense because you're saying you need this as your self-employed, you need this for business. So obviously, if you're using, if you're expensing stuff that you'll be paying for anyway, that expenses is making your costs higher. So when when it's time for the taxman to take their cut, your profits are lower than they probably should be. But this is money you're spending anyway. So you're getting taxed less and you're benefiting from having your costs taken care of. So that's why contractors are living, living the jet ski wave. So they're coming to Pamasaw. The Treasury want to crack down on private sector contractors. If you can't prove that you're self-employed, gen generally self-employed, genuinely self-employed, like if your hours and all that type of stuff is determined, like they tell you when and when you can work and how you operate, then really you're a member of staff. You're not really self-employed. So they want to put onus on companies to determine this. They want to tackle tax avoidance. And as I said, they've already been running it in, um, what's it called? Um, in the public sector. And how, this, let me give you some numbers to work out how this can pan, pan my asses, yeah? Because I'm a contractor as well. If you're on £50,000 and you're contracting, if you move from self-employed, just paying um, corporation tax, VAT, all that type of stuff, 
to get on the payroll, you're paying national insurance, pensions, all that type of shit. You're looking at paying an extra five thousand pounds in tax a year. So think of your, so think of your fifty thousand pound, an extra ten percent of ten percent of that is going to go on tax, even more tax than you would before. So that's paying an extra. That's four hundred and sixteen pounds of what you receive a monthly gone. And if you're ninety thousand pounds, so for all those big IT contractors and consultants and bankers, that's eight hundred and thirty-three pounds gone on for monthly. So, IR thirty-five ain't no joke. The saving grace is that if you work for smaller companies like boutiques with less than two hundred, I think the number is two fifty uh, members of staff, you can get away with it. Anything over could be a sticky one, and that's meant to be coming in in twenty twenty. Um, Wedding FC. Every time I'm on Instagram on a week on a weekend, there's always purple light in the background. Some people wedding, hey, hey, bear burner boy in the background. Um, the government has asked the commission, the law commission, to amend the wedding um, venue laws to create a simpler and fairer system and to give modern couples a simpler choice. According to um, I think his um, bride bride book. The average wedding up until July 2018 cost £30,355. Absolutely absurd. But a lot of people are like, this is a bit of a silly measure because, of course, outdoor weddings on the cost more, they, they require more infrastructure, toilets, staff, all that type of stuff. It's not really a fix for weddings, but, but they think that the government obviously think they're doing something of use. What else? Okay, social care. I'm going to want to investigate universal credit in more detail. I'm not as clued up, forgive me, people, but I want to speak to many people and try to get a good guest on that. But um, universal credit is still here to stay, and that's caused, like, a big, big um, fuss. But um, in terms of social care spending, um, Philip Hammond announced an extra £650 million for 2019-2020. But the director of pensions in Aegon, he said that, this is our case. Cool. Like, obviously, he's going to help some councils who are struggling with the volumes, but it's like a temporary band-aid. Like, he's not going to help the long-term problems. You have an aging population. Like, come on, help us out. And some other little agendas. As I said, 26 to 30 millennial rail cards. So that's a third off fares, but I don't think that counts for travel cards. Um, I mentioned fuel, all that type of stuff. Oh, yeah. National living wage. So the national living wage, so the minimum amount that you have to earn when you're above 18 years old when you're working, has gone up. It's going to go up from £7.83 to £8.21. So that's so those who are on that salary are going to receive a bump. And I've already mentioned about national insurance. So that's cool. Okay, cool. So another thing, landlords. So those who own a home or have friends or family own a home or about to own a home, this is something that you might want to be aware of. So currently, if you live in a home, if you own a home, you live in it, you sell it, you don't pay any capital gains tax. Those who listen to my investment podcast know about capital gains tax. You don't pay any. You're Gucci, you're eating. However, if you live in a house, if you own a house, you live in it, you move out, but as you've moved out, you're still renting it out. Maybe you've moved out and you're trying to find the next property, you're just renting it out until you find that. And then you eventually sell it, you will you have to pay capital gains tax. Obviously, this depends on how long you live there and how long you've been renting for. However, there was a thing called letting relief that allows you to reduce that um 
capital gains tax by up to £40,000 or 80000 if you're a couple. And cap, remember, capital gains tax is a lot is significantly higher for properties than it is for shares. Capital gain tax on properties is 28%. That's very hefty. But uh, from April 2020, you won't be able to claim the letters um, relief if you if you unless you live with a tenant unless you live with a tenant. So unless you're in a house with that tenant, you're not going to be able to benefit from that um, relief. So you're going to get <laughs> a quite hefty tax penalty, which is not very 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 nice. So to kind of like round up and have some a couple of discussion points. Um, my thoughts on the budget and reading the Financial Times, Bloomberg, looking on Twitter, BBC, podcasts and stuff. Eh, like, it was a bit hicky. Like, it kind of seemed like they wanted to get ahead of Brexit and try to deliver one, two bits of so-called good news. But people say, oh, where did this magic £13 billion come from? Did they just whip it out from the couch or magic money tree stuff like well, we don't know. First of all, there's uh, but um, borrowing was twelve billion pounds lower than expected for one, and secondly, um, there's been money that's always been put away for Brexit. But Philip Hammond, quite cleverly, was like, "Yo, um, listen, if we bust it, we're gonna bust a deal soon with the EU. So that money that man stashed on a on a, on a in a shoebox, an act shoebox for Brexit, that's like a that's like a, it's like a dividend now." Man can flip it into the economy and use it to spend on stuff. It's quite, but the OBR, Office of Budget Responsibility, they weren't, mm, they're like, mm, don't know about that. I don't know about that. Like, you can't really forecast, you can't really benefit, you're making claims of forecast until the negotiations are completed. It doesn't really make sense, which of course to me doesn't make sense. In terms of what I think of the budget, first of all, there's no talk on ISS this year. And it would have been good for them to kind of make ISAs less complicated than they are. There's so many different types of ISAs. Um, you have heard um, help to buy. You've heard stocks and shares ISA on my one. You've heard, obviously, cash ISAs, all types. Um, lifetime ISAs as well. So there was nothing on that. There was no talk about pensions at all. And pensions are a very, very um, tricky and sticky situation in the UK right now. So it's quite interesting how pensions weren't addressed in this budget. Also, although there was um, tax cuts of around 55 billion according to the Resolution Foundation, and there has been an increase in public spending, we've seen the 25 billion pledged to NHS, for example, and the 650 million pounds to social care and 420 million pounds to dealing with hickey hacker roads. Um, is austerity really over? Because bear of the welfare cuts announced in 2015 are still being rolled out. Um, universal credit, which is basically a single monthly payment for those out of work or on low income, is still being implemented. Labour government are happy about this. Many many um, people on lower incomes are unhappy about this. So I'm not too sure about the claims of austerity being over. I think further analysis needs to be done. But all in all, am I impressed with this budget? Not particularly. Are the Conservatives extremely good for the economy? Meh, they've done all right, to be fair, picking up the mess from 2010. Um, but my personal opinion, do I trust Labour? No. Do I trust Conservatives? No. Do I trust them more than Labour? Yes. It's all a bit peak. It's all a bit peak. So, yeah, that is it for this week's budget 
roundup. Man said this week's budget. This week's podcast on the budget. A roundup. I've hoped that I've made sense. Anything that you do not understand, no question is a stupid question. Yes, I call people stupid. I only call people stupid when they talk with babies on things they don't know. But everybody doesn't know stuff. There's so much stuff I don't know. I ask my friends loads of stuff all the time because I don't know everything. There's lots of stuff I don't know. So anything you don't know, you can either hit me on Instagram at thisnomics. You can just um, send me a message. I'll try to check my requests. You can email me hello at thisnomics.com. You could tweet me at underscore nomics. Or you can send me a DM. I've got DM requests open, so if you're not sending me a mixed, a couple people have been sending me links to their YouTube. Big man, allow it. Like you're getting straight blocked. I might even call the police. Stop sending me your tracks. Man, ain't try. I think people aren't even like, yo, listen, man, listen to your podcast. I'm a big fan, but hear what? Listen, I've got this loose song called Skiddy That. Or so, do you know what I mean? Like nobody's even gonna try and give me the gist. They're just slapping a link there, willy nilly. Like, yeah, Ruby, hold that, take that. Listen, no, don't do that. I'll call the police. So, make sure you ask any questions. Also, tweet if you listen to my podcast. Drop the hashtag. Say, oh, this is interesting because I'm tired of seeing my name on my hashtag. There's a good amount of people that listen to this podcast. Let the streets know, please. Don't disrespect me. Don't disrespect me in front of me. And also, if you at the live show. Any pictures or any thoughts, tweet it with the hashtag and hashtag it. Dysonomics, don't do Dysonomics live. I just want to have one hashtag on Insta, on Twitter, all that type of stuff. And yeah, tell a friend, tell a friend. Until next week, God bless. Sports Social Podcast Network.